happiness hit her like a train on a track coming towards her stuck still no turning Jennifer. Good evening, Ed. Good evening, Josh. I forgot how awesome Lungs is, and now I need to go listen to it. <laughs> I like it I recently great. re-listened to Ceremonials, which is also awesome, but I forgot how awesome Lungs is. Oh god. I, <laughs> this just brought machine, it all back for you. I was like it's like I was like listening to this and I was like like it hit me like Kiss with a Fist, Hurricane, and like like all the all the Cosmic Love, all those great songs on there. Oh gosh, lungs, lungs was awesome. Ceremonials is equally as awesome, but in different ways. The way an artist should be, if it, if they're awesome in the same ways, then then it's like I don't know. It's I don't know. It's just not. It's not good. <laughs> I mean, I, I I guess I see what you're saying. I, there are certain bands that like, like you kind of just want the Ramones to be the Ramones. Like if if the Ramones were awesome in a different way, they wouldn't be the Ramones anymore because it's such a specific concept. That that particular mm-hmm. the the sound of that band and the aesthetic and everything it's so focused that if they were to mix it up it would be weird. But you're right, like people that are more, um, you know, that, that that are larger than that. I don't want to say larger because I really well, like their most, but more, you know what I mean. More, more versatile, more artistry potential. Different. Yeah, it's just different. Multiple, it, I, I, it, it is different. If it, and there are cool. Like there is a great thing when an artist can kind of reinvent themselves and do new things and try new stuff over time. Uh, so yes, I agree with you. Uh, I, I, speaking of speaking of albums that I wish were more successful, which the, I don't. I'm just I'm just segueing into Gaga because there's no there's no really good thing. Our pop is so <laughs> is so good, but it isn't fame monster good, and and people people just can't accept that it isn't like that good. But it's still very good. It's like it's a very strong seven out of ten album or a very weak eight out of ten album. Like like <laughs> like it's not. I mean, I understand it isn't. It's no nine out of ten. I understand. I understand. You don't need. You, I, it is, but it ain't no art flop either. It ain't no art flop. It's an art, art flop. Art. Oh, art flop. Ha. Huh. Um, you know, I have to admit, I I like I don't have the allegiance to her that you have. So, I mean, my opinion about her, that record is just only, only what I've heard. I mean, like, I just think the songs from art pop that I've heard, like, 
the are just so lyrically brain dead i can't get into them uh what, 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 even of, I don't know. are you saying applause or what are you saying i well, the the lyrics to applause are at least interesting most of them and and i think the 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 opening on that song is is fantastic um but like do what you want is just so i just can't have get you, past how heard, lyrically dull that is have you heard the lady gaga only version i have heard the R. Kelly one, and I've heard the Christina Aguilera no, one. No, 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 it's all about... Which one's Lady on the Gaga. album? I don't care. Which one's on the album? I really... This... R. 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 Kelly. Okay, R. Kelly. then that's the one that it, that's the one that counts, and that, that no, one's but, dumb. No, but she's, she's releasing Art Pop Act 2 later. I'm sure she is. <laughs> when did this... Like, everybody does a part two of their record. Like, you can't um, just Gaga, release a record. Gaga was the one who started the trend with the Fame, the Fame Monster EP. <laughs> For the record. For the record. I mean... That's funny. <laughs> Uh, well, and, and I guess that was like, uh, it, it seems like a cheat to me. Like, just give me the 10 good ones. You don't have to give me the 10, like, the, the or give me the 10 best ones. You don't have to give me 10 songs and then a couple weeks later be like, hey, but here's another 10 songs. <laughs> well, I mean, but okay, the thing is, they could either do, like, you could, you could criticize um, 2020 part two all you want because it was not worth your time. <laughs> but Justin Timberlake's label and Justin Timberlake still made money off of it. So, I well, mean, of course, I mean, that's considered what 2020 experience is considered the most successful album of the year that nobody liked. Um, yeah. Which I mean, I, I, to me, I just, yeah, it was kind of like, it was, it was like about a minute into every song. I'd be like, okay, I get what the groove is, but there's not a lot going on except for the groove. And then the groove just keeps going. Uh, but you know, I mean, it's, it's a fine, like, you know, he was trying to do kind well, of a mean, neo I mean, soul it's, it's either, Frank Ocean record. It's either it's uh it's either like release the songs and make some money off of it or like have them just sit in the corner and never never have them see the live day. <laughs> so, I but mean, see, I think that's okay. Like you don't have to release everything that you create. You only have to release or you don't have to release anything. But just give me the good stuff. Like you don't have to give me like all of your second drafts. Well, I, feel, I feel like I feel like there almost needs to be when someone releases an album, like there should be like three albums, like like th- like the Supreme cuts, three <laughs> to five songs, that like the the like I like them album, which is like ten to twelve songs, and then like oh I'm actually a fan, the twenty track album, and like you could like pick the pick the album you want. Like I need the I need the slim art pop experience. <laughs> or I need the, or I, or I want the fat a fat R pop experience. <laughs> I mean, I guess bands always kind of did that. Like you always would have, the, but they used to kind of add them up later. You know, like uh, like Springsteen when he wrote the, excuse me, when Bruce Springsteen released the tracks collection in like the late nineties, and that was just all of the stuff that didn't make the records all the years before just kind of like collected but now it seems like they have so much stuff left over that they just released another album and i just think well if it wasn't good enough to make the record maybe it's really not good enough to be showing other people but i guess you know for a completist like i have the bruce springsteen tracks album because i want everything bruce springsteen but, the thing, has, the thing but is, it was uh, released uh, in that context a hardcore fan is going to buy it regardless like a completist <laughs> like i'm i'm excited for march 18th for the lady gaga tony bennett Col- gershwin collaboration tribute album so 
They, I, I didn't know, but that actually sounds kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we, well, that's like welcome. eight minutes where we haven't talked about Glee. Welcome to the Glee I, podcast. I mean, it's, it's Glee off season. Yeah, this is what you get when there's no I Glee mean, to really discuss. Uh, watch. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Yes. Uh, but yes, what have what have we been doing in our off time? You know, Glee is having a big break. We aren't even coming back until the end of February, so we have a big break going on. Um, as far as other TV it shows, come, okay, this with okay, it ended just previously unaired. Christmas had two point nine six million viewers. Not to say it wasn't good. I think it was actually one of their best or top two Christmas specials. That being said. When they come back at February 28th or whatever the day is, I forget the date, they need to come back with a bang. Like, it needs to be, like, they need to pull out stops or something because <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned. Like, like I know we're signed to season six, but I don't I don't know. <laughs> like, 2.96 million viewers, even on the CW, is concerning. Uh, I, I mean, it, but, you know, I, I, I really... I don't know what to say because to me, I just want the episodes to be good. I would like it to come back from a, with a bang simply because uh, it's it feels like they've been gone for so long. I want them to kind of win me back. So emotionally, I'd like them to come back with a bang. Uh, it would just be nice to see them, you know, uh, jump back in with both feet. And they also kind of having left with that weird flashback episode, it's almost hard to remember where the characters were uh, the last time we saw them. And so it is kind of, this is a really long break giving us a lot of time to forget about Glee. Um, it's kind of an odd way to put things. Jennifer, how do you feel, how do you feel about this break i mean it does seem like it's a pretty long time it's hard. It, it is hard to come back from and and it was even hard to wrap our head around the you know the six months jump back to you know from the christmas episode to when it was allegedly six months early but it really wasn't because oh man that's still such a <laughs> it's still such a um a hard thing to kind of <laughs> reconcile but yeah i mean I mean, okay, so this season still better than last season, um, as long as it can keep the momentum and you know bringing back good storylines or doing more with that, I'd be happy. Yeah, I mean, definitely that going forward is definitely what we're looking for. Um, but it is interesting. There, there, this big of a break is really. I, I think they're kind of you know they're writing a pretty big check like they're they're really saying like uh, uh, they're they're really giving us a lot of time to think oh, but, about but I'm so, how much we care right but the thing is they've not delivered on that in the past oh definitely. even even after more <laughs> substantial cliffhangery episodes like you know Quinn getting in the car accident and yes. you know some other stuff there's a bunch of other things that they've done when they had a substantial amount of time to come back with the really solid like <laughs> this is why you love us episode and it didn't but you know maybe maybe this time and then the you know the ultimate decision to um, take the uh, the show in a different direction next season or a, a more defined direction next season maybe that'll help uh it would be nice well i i feel like season six glee needs to have like the promos or season six glee needs to be like glee and then like rachel standing on a stage like you've never <laughs> seen it before although we've seen it and that way smash? before but <laughs> but but they, that's, they, they need to show us they need to show us 
Leah on a stage, like, yeah. Yeah. doing something, and then, like, it needs to be Glee. It's like, and then maybe maybe something cheesy, like, <laughs> like this is what Smash could have been. Cheesy? I don't know. <laughs> Bring Deborah Messing in. She's available, right? She's available. Who? Deborah she... Messing? Is that her name? Oh, Deborah Messing? Oh, what? God. Uh, wait, no. isn't she on a show right now? No. Whatever, she's available. Why did she's I? I, was, I suddenly was going through puberty for a second there. I'm like, wasn't you on a show right now? Um, Jennifer, it was funny when you said they've let us down before, like after a big break, they've let us down before. The first thing that popped in my head was the Purple Piano Project. And how, like, wow. I remember being so excited for that return. And that was such a lame episode. Um, but this does lead into kind of our first topic of the day. Um, the TCA panel on Monday, uh, which would be a couple days ago, on Monday, Fox Chairman Kevin Riley confirmed plans for the remainder of this season of Glee to be set entirely in New York. Uh, so, so, we, so we've lost everyone? I so, mean, that's good. According to Kevin Riley, uh, yes, the remainder of this season in Glee, of Glee will be set entirely in New York. The move has been remo- uh, rumored for a few months, but this marks the first confirmation from the network. Riley also confirmed once again that next season, the show sixth will be the last for the musical comedy. Um, I mean, they, they have to give us the Nationals episode. Like, like, like we have been fighting for this payoff for a year and a half. <laughs> that is so like, true. I like we like we deserve the Nationals episode. Fact. You know, I I wonder what they're gonna do because I mean, not that I really care because I haven't quite connected with them, but the two point I mean, they've invested a lot of screen time for them. Yeah, some of them should graduate in another year or two. Yeah, they're all underclassmen. There's no seniors yeah, in the two I mean, But then we do have. You know, we do have, you know, Tina and Artie who are still there. And so we'll definitely see their graduation, I assume, at the end of this year. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, because I guess he's saying, like, the the statement that Kevin Riley made is that the remainder of this season is going to be entirely in New York. So uh, that's not, There's no way that's true. They, they, uh, yeah, I don't see ha- how that's possible. To, yeah, there has to be some. Yeah, because we have to see him graduate. And, uh, you know, like, I can see them doing kind of like a, a flash forward um, you know, tying up loose ends of where people end up. But I just, again, I, I'm not invested in the storylines, but they've got storylines out there. They, exactly. They it would be to. it would be pretty disrespectful to just disappear without... I mean, obviously, they're, they're, they've already had... Uh, the cast members have been tweeting uh, photos from the set all week, particularly Jacob Artist with a beard, apparently, he had to shave. Uh, so you can find that on Instagram, if you've a mind. But um, okay. but yeah, so I definitely am seeing the 2.0s. And you're absolutely right. Like, even though I'm not wildly invested in them, to just make them disappear would yeah. be the ultimate insult to everyone. Well, that just... Including is, them. Is, well, then it just admits that they were wrong all along. Totally. And I mean, from the beginning, I said, I really think the show should stay at the high school. But, you know, <laughs> a year later, I'm thinking, well... You know what? They didn't give me anything that I wanted to support there or yeah. or, or back up there. So, um, so yeah. So New York, it is. So uh, Jennifer, on this topic, it <laughs> reminds me of a little story Uh-oh. of a very beautiful couple called Nikki and Paolo. Now, back in the days oh. of yore. <laughs> Wow. This, Hold on, this are we talking about Lost right now? This is Lost. Rodrigo Santoro. So, Still long time you. ago for the <laughs> listeners. And Ed, do you know so the story gorgeous. of Nikki and Paolo? No, okay, it's because it's because the really the the really awesome brother and sister died through 
and then they were replaced by Nikki and Paolo, who oh. were apparently there the whole time. Yeah, so but, what happens is, yeah, exactly. Shannon was annoying and deserved She it. was. But so on the show, no, they bring in no, season three. I liked it, brother, sister. Season three, they bring in Nikki and Paolo, and they were uh, supposed to be on the show forever. And they were just going to like, they seeded them in in random episodes here and there. And Nikki and Paolo were going to be like key to the remainder of the series. And the fans hated them so much that the writers wrote a special episode in the middle of the season to just get rid of Nikki and Paolo, like kill them off. And it was horrific. It had nothing to do with anything else in the show. And it was a, that episode felt different from every other episode of Lost. But it was very, it was very horrific in the way they disposed of them. And yeah, it was very uncharacteristic for even the most shocking things that have happened to characters on Lost. Yeah. It, it's still, it's more like this weird, like, Twilight Zone X-Files type. <laughs> Not even, um, I'm thinking of, like, Night Gallery. Like, something more, a little, little bit more morbid. Yeah, it was definitely a Night Gallery episode. It was weird. Well, they want, they want, they were punishing them for, like, you were supposed, everyone was supposed to love you. What is this? <laughs> well, but. Rodrigo Santoro, and I'm just going to keep saying his name until he's household just name. Just it makes you feel warm. It does. <laughs> well, and also, I, I rewatched Love Actually again <clears throat> at Christmas. So, um, Yeah, I mean, like, this should have been his broad introduction to American audiences and just didn't happen. Yeah, so, it is. Sorry. That was going to be a big moment for him. You're absolutely right. Um, but it is funny because that precedent has been set and I could see the show just like oh my writing off, like not killing them, but that would be funny. No, if they writing off the 2.0s in, like in one episode. Oh, God. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, 2.0s. Um, so Jenny in the chat room, uh, if you're listening, uh, you can find us on Google Plus. We have a what an event Google Plus event page where you can chat with the other listeners. But Jenny said um, that the she read that the complete switch to New York was to take place after the hundredth episode. How many more episodes that, that, before the hundredth? This is this the ninety sixth? No, this is the ninety seventh. Okay, this the next, next one coming up. Okay, so I could see that happening, and and yeah, we've definitely excuse me, we've definitely seen enough. Um, set photos and such that I think we can guarantee they're going to get to gar- uh. to graduation and nationals. I'm sure I've read that somewhere. Uh, we have someone in the chat room saying that they'll definitely get to graduation and nationals. So uh, that's not too much of a spoiler. But uh, but yeah, so it seems like we do have big changes in the show um, on the horizon. And that'll be interesting to see how it all plans out. It'll definitely kind of give it focus. And I think that'll be neat. So uh, the other thing that Ed sent over, which I think is kind of uh, worth taking a listen to, you know, if there was any song that the listeners wanted Glee to perform, it was Seasons of Love. Uh, We've been hearing that since like our first episode of our podcast where people are saying, when are they going to do Seasons of Love? They finally ended up doing it in the Cory Monteith tribute. But apparently they were originally going to do it uh, in the season finale. Um, They had recorded it with with Cory Monteith. Uh, for the show's fifth season. Uh, oh, wait, no. Oh, was it season? Oh, 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 you're right. Third no, no. season finale. Sorry. Oh, wow. Third season third finale. Season. They were going to perform it. Uh, so we do have a leaked version of it. And let's go ahead and take a little but listen that, to... What's that? That picture makes me so sad. Yeah, seriously. Um, Seeing the original cast on there, cap and gowns, and it's <clears> like Diana Agron and, and Mike and Corey. Yeah. So here's a bit of um, Seasons of Love from season three, including Corey Munt. 525,000 moments so dear 525,000 
1,600 minutes How do you measure, measure a year? In daylights, in sunsets, in midnights, in cups of coffee In inches, in miles, in laughter, in stride In 525,600 commented ed that people are saying are commenting online about how cory monteith his, his line, line in the song is the way that she died i'm listening to this for the first time and of course <laughs> i i notice his voice right away and that's yeah yeah that's so that's pretty heavy sad. uh <laughs> I like i'm like sniffing something <laughs> but uh but yeah so that's the seasons of love version um there's also talk about the hundred songs uh, or the 100th episode songs and Ed you had said there's been released news that one of them has been cut something about um, that we were originally yes. going to get well, that, Paltrow. we were originally going to get Dog Days Are Over but apparently it's been cut because of Gwyneth Paltrow was going to perform it which yes. is interesting yes. of all the cast members to pull back for a 100th episode it would be interesting to get Gwyneth Paltrow but I think Jayma Mays is not coming back I read which would be kind of well it's, it's well According to this list, it has Gwyneth and Kristen Chenoweth. I was going to say, Kristen Chenoweth should come back. I mean, she's pretty significant to the, I mean, to the the storyline for the kids. I mean, they have a performance room because of her, right? That's true. (laughs) Isn't isn't it Nate, the Amber Rhodes performance? Probably. Rehearsal space? uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's why why, uh, no one could ever take it from them because it was bought. Literally right, for right. with all with all the roll with all the crazy roller derby money because that <laughs> because hey. that happens. That's amazing. Money's still good. <laughs> now uh, we discussed this, and I say, "What the heck?" Let's just go ahead and do it, Ed, because I know you really want to. You have the proposed song list for this hundred episode that people have um, that people voted on, and that they this, this, this is the supposed list. I don't. This is from MG's big blog. I take no responsibility. Except for the, I found the list after they <laughs> on their website. <laughs> like, so but if I, you, I, I, but I write for MJ's big blog, so I mean, I'm I'm kind of legit. 
Yeah. Okay, so and wait, wait. So I just want to say, legit. you are you're always legit to us. Don't anybody tell you otherwise. <laughs> Thank you. Um, just so for listeners, for people for people that are even more spoiler averse than Josh and Jen, which is hard to do, uh, you you can um uh you fast forward like two minutes or three minutes. But anyway, Ed, go ahead and give us the. Uh, these are these were the ones voted on fan, by fans, right? The fans all voted on which songs they wanted to be in the finale or in the hundredth episode, and these were yeah. the winners. These were the winners. So it has uh, "Razor Glass," which is a bit of a surprise. That wasn't that wasn't a song that I was like, oh yeah, Glee. Like Glee did it, but it wasn't right. like I don't know. It was like, fun. It, it wasn't one significant. Of my, it, it was it wasn't one of my favorite Pink songs in general, and then. I mean, I I know people are hardcore blainers, so that's pro- that probably has some significance. So yeah, I'm actually gonna say um, this is kind of I I would even call it a pleasant surprise because uh, well, it's not a big secret that I detest Pink in everything, um, but and I can't even really stand okay. this song. But I do, this song was a very special moment in the show for me. And it has a lot of good memories because of, uh, it was Darren's first big moment, kind of. Um, and then it was also, you know, the baby warbler, the child warbler, which I've showed, I showed that video to, I think my father-in-law like so a week adorable. ago, because I love that video. Um, so this was, act- I actually was really happy to see this one on the list. Uh, go ahead. And then, and then, well, of course this, the next one is like, Duh, defying gravity. Of course, we have to hear that one more time. Ugh, okay. I mean, but I, I know, I know you just. But I'm excited that it says Mercedes singing it this time. So that's that's exciting. Uh, Interesting. Alone? No, no, with Rachel and Kurt. Oh, with Rachel. But it'd be more. Okay. It would be more exciting if Mercedes was singing it alone. It'd be finally the. <laughs> oh. It'd finally be the do she was deserved <laughs> in some <laughs> in some ways. And then it has another one that isn't a surprise because this was a standout moment for season two. Valerie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All oh, right. Yeah, that Interesting. was like one of her first big. But and then it, but it's going to be redone by Santana and Brittany as a duet, I guess, according to this list. So. Oh, Brittany's coming back? Yes, She's Brittany's coming back, back for the yeah. 100th episode. Yeah. Right. Okay, go so ahead. A, and then uh, keep holding on. Another one, not a surprise. That was a big season one closing moment episode. Yeah. I believe, yeah. Keep holding on was good. Like, I, re- I remember, like, like, that's what I, like, really is, like, this show is just so special yeah i remember i remember when this one was on i remember keep holding on was going and i'm crying and i look over to him and go i hate this song but i'm still crying (laughs) oh and then then i don't know how i feel about the noah puckerman doing keep holding on i don't i don't know why that's the decision but that was the decision interesting and then this this last one is is the biggest surprise Toxic? I did not think Toxic was such a crowd pleaser. Hmm. But I know I know they wanted a song for Quinn, Brittany, and Santana. I just didn't think it would be Toxic. I Interesting. Guess. Okay. I feel like I I mean if I had to pick, like like if you were in charge of this, what would you be picking for a Brittany Santana Quinn song? I mean, like, I would want to hear them do all of. I would want to hear them do a full version of "Say a Little Prayer for You." Because the very first time you yeah. saw Say Our Little Prayer for You, it was just Quinn. And it was when Santana and Brittany weren't really characters yet. They were just they were just her background singers. Yeah, oh, like they, oh, they were just the dancers. They weren't supposed to be, even be characters in the show. They were just hired dancers. So I would actually really like to see that. 
um, see them do a full version of that song. Uh, it's weird to pick Toxic because Toxic is... I mean, I remember the episode and I remember the number that it was kind of like an acoustic version of a, of toxic. Um, but it's not a very, yeah, that doesn't jump out at me as a particularly memorable moment. But I guess more surprisingly is none of the original songs are on here. That, that is that surprising? The though? Season the- <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Um, well, I can't think of the one that I'm like blanking on it, but it's really oh. the one, the first one, the, the Leah Michelle one. Uh, get it right. Get it right. That was legitimate, even though I blanked on his name. What were you saying, Jennifer? And nothing. I, oh, okay. I was confused on the uh, concept of original. Forget it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I could see them doing Get It Right. I think that's the only one I think anyone would even remember. I mean, of course. Like, like um, Dita and I were in the kitchen. I don't know. It was, and then All or Nothing came on. I was like, what is this song? Why is Marley singing to me right now? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this was like one of those terrible original songs that she wrote, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like Misfits, I think was one of them. Yeah, they were pretty forgettable. Um, well, uh, well, that was interesting. I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it all goes down. And, and I definitely am looking forward to that episode just to have, you know, everybody back. I think will be really fun to see how they how they put it all back together. So, oh, okay. Before, before, before we walk away from this topic, yes. actually, well, well, I, oh, well, I guess things aren't going to cooperate. So I just ignore me. I was going to go to, I'm going to, oh, you're going to do it. Okay. okay. Let me type <laughs> it in. Cause, okay. I'm, I'm, I just want to, I just want to go, I want to go to the Spotify Glee cast playlist and see what their, what their top five songs are and see their correlation, which I should have already thought of before. I don't now, understand what you're talking about. The Spotify playlist? Spot, yeah, the, like Glee, the Glee, Glee cast is obviously they're an artist on Spotify. Right. Oh, you and you're saying the, the five. five most listened to. Listen to songs oh. of all time. And I was seeing if they correlated. Like, hmm. like as I click on the link, it's, it really is loading. If you, <laughs> if you, you can or cannot believe me. But we believe you. I just love the scientist in you using the word correlated. That makes I, me happy. Oh, I, I apologize. No, it makes me don't happy. Don't ever. <laughs> yeah, don't ever. Make... Well, while you're doing that. Yeah, uh, you, can, Le- you, you can come back to this once it loads, but yes. Yes, while you're doing that, Leah Michelle has released three singles off of her new record, uh, and which is called Louder. And let's go ahead and take a listen to some not of these. A, not a generic album name at all. Seriously. Well, um, the first single was Cannonball, and that's definitely the one that's gotten the most discussion. It also has a video, uh, which, of course, you can find online if you are so choosing. But here's a bit of Cannonball. Uh, Let me cue it up. Okay. Uh, Here's a bit of Cannonball, uh, the first single from Leah Michelle. Pacing all night 
So I'm going to, rather than say what I think about Cannonball, I'm going to say what Ed thinks about Cannonball. I'm going to say <laughs> that Ed thinks, I'm joking. Ed, what do you think about Cannonball? No, what, what do you think I think? I'm curious what I think now. I don't know. I, I was listening to it and uh, I was, I, I, I you know, I, I went back and forth because the first time I heard it, I thought you would really dig it because you kind of like this big anthemic Ryan Tedder thing. Um, I do, oh, God, oh, yes, I do. But it isn't, it isn't, <clears throat> I like it when it's successfully executed with lyrics that I care about. <laughs> there you, see, thank you. That's exactly how I feel about it. I think the lyrics are insane uh, inane i think they're really annoying um it, i find it like really kind of unnecessarily repetitive like there isn't really Repet- repetition is powerful if done effectively but there's no dynamics to it the problem is like it's very 80s in the arrangement which is fine but it feels kind of oddly dated like the whole breakdown refrain and breakdown it's so 80s um and then it's got a very 808 loop in the background the drum loop kind of runs undisturbed through the entire song and because of that you can't really tell like am i in a verse am i in a chorus it all kind of sounds the same and i feel kind of bad for leah because she keeps having to do this song live and it's not a song you can perform live there's no breaks lyrically for her to breathe so she's constantly struggling and the entire song is there's no dy- there's no vocal dynamic to it so the entire thing is at the top of her range and it doesn't really break at all so the entire song is her reaching for that cannonball line that that note the whole time and it's hard to watch i started doing I mean, ellen and x factor it's hard to watch like like what this what this song is is a group of songwriters getting together trying to figure out how to lyrically copy wrecking ball and but like not even even as good as like wrecking ball is a better song i yeah. like facts no 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 question but, wrecking ball is a much better song i actually hear much more of um uh well her second single is called battlefield but uh the jordan sparks song uh which uh, the, the ryan tedder ryan yeah tedder, which yeah. i actually love that song i think that oh, song's have a you, beautiful I, have you heard song. the one republic version i love. I have no republic. interest but i i what? love the jordan sparks one <laughs> and Are so i hear much more of now? that are you joking right now? I'm not a big One Republic fan. I don't. I don't know. Like, are you joking? Like, are you kidding? Native is their best album, and Waking Up and Dreaming Out Loud are also fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm are those by- two albums? They did an album called Waking Up, and they did an album called Drinking Out Loud. No, Dreaming Out Loud. Dreaming yeah, Out Loud. First, <laughs> the first one was Dreaming Out Loud. Their second, Dreaming Out. See, One Republic is interesting because many artists get. Um, retro uh re- retro regressive or something like that and like as time goes on their material gets worse but i like one republic i think like apologize of course was their biggest hit but bar like once you remove that from there i mean that second album had good life which is pretty much the anthem of of disney right now <laughs> and then this new album has counting stars which is like omg and if i lose myself is also fantastic i do think if i lose myself would be significantly stronger if the bridge was the chorus and the chorus was the bridge. But that's only because I like spent a bunch of time trying to remix it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you get points for, for trying to stand by your opinion. Uh, Jennifer, what do you think of Leah Michelle's Cannonball? It's fine. <laughs> Sorry, I was so off on somewhere else. Um, 
it's really not a lot more I can say that you two haven't already. Mm. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it just it sounds very um, anonymous and just manufactured in a way that it's supposed to be a hit and it's supposed to be very um, revealing and cathartic, but it doesn't come off as any of that except for it just manufactured. Yeah. yeah, like, I don't know. I, I'm really... <clears throat> I'm really disappointed for Rachel because I really wanted Leah? her to be like, well, Rachel Leah. Can I, Rachel Leah? Rachel Rachel Leah. I really disappointed for her because, like, she really, like, there's Leah she she's running into the Christina Aguilera issue and the Mariah Carey issue where she's so talented, she could do so much, and that 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 songwriters just don't know what to do with that, like. They're yeah, like, I mean, I, like, really how do we big. work? Like, how do we write with, like, like we have all these colors to color with, and they like, I don't even know what to do. Whereas limitations can really push a songwriter to do better. Like, like, say what you want about Kesha, but her lyrics and melodies are legitimate because they, they like, are they're pushed because they can't. There's only so much that voice can do. Like so. <laughs> yeah, you when you have a limited palate, it forces yeah. you to be more creative. Like, uh, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Michelle, her voice is just so musical theater too. I yeah. mean, she's so. Uh, yes, there are other power singers. You know, Celine Dion has been able to do that successfully in pop music, but yeah, it's just to do this type of pop music. It's it's almost beneath her and she's out singing it. It, it, It's interesting. You know, you make a really good point about Leah being uh, a very musical theater in her delivery. I mean, at the end of the day, there are a few bigger Adina Menzel fans in the world than me, but I have all of her pop pop records and they're garbage. And Cassie Levy's pop records are garbage. And Anthony Rapp's pop (laughs) pop records are garbage. What'd you say? Matthew Morrison. Matthew Morrison's pop records. When yeah. when a musical theater person does a pop record, it doesn't work. The delivery's different. The intonation's different. It, it um, I mean, I'm sure there's a great example of someone that figured it out, but most of them don't. I I think I think, you know, you're right, Ed. The the it's kind of ironic that that, you know, Christine Aguilera with one of the greatest voices in pop music has never had a truly great song. Uh she's had some really close well, to great songs but she's never beautiful. had a song that was as fantastic as something that you know was just was simpler um yeah beautiful is probably the closest she ever got to a true i mean that's like, like if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna pick one song i i i i wish like they do this thing where like well we're not gonna like i feel like rachel's team is like well we're not gonna take a chance yeah. we're gonna make sure she has a pop <laughs> hit by going with like the poppiest hit song they could find when what the exact opposite needs to happen like for her to be successful they need to embrace her like her show choirness ness like like that's like that's you like you can't skirt around this issue yeah i wonder though i mean it were you to give her like a big flashback celine dion track like if she were to come out with the power of love in 2014 i i mean i i don't think that would go over well because even celine dion's not doing that in 2014 i mean i think it would go over better than this yeah i mean this song has been a pretty big hit i don't know if it'll have lasting power has it been a big hit i i haven't heard on the radio once Mm. but i must confess i've been listening to lots of npr and radio disney so (laughs) wait um (laughs) i want that on a t-shirt 
I must confess, I've been listening to NPR and Radio Disney, Edward Giordano. <laughs> you should tweet that right now. I love it. I'm going to tweet it. Wait, I'm going to tweet it right now. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. I mean, it's true. Okay, you know, okay, you know what I like about Radio Disney? I'm going to throw this out there. Radio Disney... The stars know they need to do something interesting. Like they're like their listeners are really young, so they so they don't have an established like music like musical expectations. Like it isn't like oh I expect like I listen to Maroon Five, I expect a certain sound from Maroon Five. These artists who are coming up, up and coming on on Radio Disney, there are they have no they personally have no expectations of what they should sound like, and their audience has no expectations of what they should sound like, and they have no expectations of what music should sound like in general. So like, I just enjoy like the the like the brash risk taking that the radio Disney stars are taking. Like they'll throw like these people who are not equipped to rap will just rap in the middle of a song, do it do a dubstep breakdown, and go into this big gushing chorus. And I'm like, oh my god, that was in the musical roller coaster experience ride. And none of it really worked, but it worked because it was just like so bold to do like this like operatic dubstep thing in the middle of a song and then a rap on top of it. I'm like, like just, just I'm just going to clap for you. Like, Dude, you need to pitch 5,000 words on that to the Huffington Post. Like someone should publish your dissertation on <laughs> Disney radio, like on the value of Disney radio. That's hilarious. I've never heard anybody say it. It makes perfect sense to me. But I also wonder on the other side, like when I, my, my brother, um, who's now in his 20s but when he was very young he listened to a lot of disney radio like right when disney radio was coming out back when they actually still broadcast it from disneyland um and you used to be able to walk by and see them in there but um he listened to it and all i remember about it was it was edited versions of pop songs it was just like they would do backstreet boys songs but they'd cut out when they said like well, they, still, they still do some of that like they, like i still hear some edited like like the most random words get edited out of songs. I'm yeah, like, I, I was like not aware that was going to be a problem, but okay, whatever. Radio <laughs> Disney, um, but like they they are up and coming stars. They 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 just like they take so much more musical chances than than any adult contemporary pop star. That's fact. funny. Like this, this is a fact. Like, <laughs> like, like you like I, like and and it's because their listeners aren't. They're not like like a good example of what I was saying. Fifth Harmony, Me and My Girls, like, the bridge has this, like, really, like, nice and chunky, uh, like, hip-hop beat, and then it goes immediately into this gushing chorus, and then this, like, really basic verse, I'm like, oh, God, like, this is so, like, I did not think I was ever going to become a Fifth Harmony fan, but I was like, this is, like, it's just so bold, it's just so bold musically that I'm like, round of applause, and then I look, (laughs) like, the vamps, and, like, they have like the stupidest lyrics that are so amazingly clever. Like R five, they have a song called "Pass Me By" and it's like I used to be so, I used to be solo living YOLO, and I'm like that's so stupid because it's like it's like a commentary, like it's a post hip hop commentary done by children who will take over the world. <laughs> <That's>. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I, let's... I also okay. I'm gonna throw this out there too. I also now drive two hours a day to work, so I have lots of time to contemplate. Each way? 
No, one way. Oh, oh God. Played. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Good Lord. Well, Lee has two other singles. Let's take a listen to one of them. <laughs> uh, she released Battlefield officially. I think Louder is still kind of uh, a leak. But um, here is a bit of Battlefield. Uh, again, this is Lee Michelle off of her. Why uh, does love always feel like? <laughs> Lee Michelle off of her uh, new album, Louder. That's a lot nicer. That definitely feels more authentically Leah. Uh, than well, I, I I instantly approve of the of the dynamics from the verses yeah. to the chorus. Like I like like definitely stronger. I I don't want to give my stamp of approval, but it's certainly better than Cannibal. <laughs> it's without, definitely better than Cannibal. <laughs> Jennifer, any opinions on yeah, Battlefield? Yeah, no, it's it's pretty. It is very pretty, but I do. It's so hard to not listen to this album, or you know, at least these two songs, mm-hmm. and think, you know, and not think about Corey and think about you know what she's been going through yeah. in her personal life. So that's kind of distracting. But um, but yeah, this is very pretty. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's almost going to be impossible for her to do anything and not like personally. You know, I mean, now that she's that's what I'm frustrated with it's like she's skirting personal like like yeah. like the personal stuff comes up but it's like like I feel like you just need to embrace like you like I feel like specific lyrics that are specific to her situation will come off stronger to the audience if she used them like like I don't know like it, I feel like calling like almost calling out like her like her, her like her specific situation will bring light to your situation if you're like that's how i feel about music like when, when it's more specific it you feel it and people feel her pain like she's not the like obviously she probably feels the pain more than many of us with cory monteith's death but but her pain could be easily translated in an honest way 
through a song with the right lyrics. And instead, she's providing us with oh, like it's like she's giving us the emotional cues without giving us the emotional details. No, I, I agree. Yeah. I think the biggest problem with Cannonball lyrically is that there's zero specificity and it's so general. You don't know what she's talking yeah. about. And you're right. I think if she were to come out with like her first single or maybe like a B-side where she says, this is the Corey song then it would be easy enough to be like, okay, that's the Corey song. Then we can appreciate all the other stuff on its own merit. And so, instead, we're, Rather instead than we're search always, for connections, everything she does. Like, like it's like, it's like Cannibal, well, is that about Corey? Is Battlefield about Corey? Like, yeah. it's like, and, yeah, then we're getting this, like, then we're wondering, like, is this, is the album called 10 Songs of Corey Louder? In quotes. Like, <laughs> like, like what Corey. do you, like. It's a great idea for a song. 10 Songs about Corey. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a concept album that might have sold better than Louder will. <laughs> well, um, you know, we're, we have gone on far longer than I ever thought we would. Uh, but before we go, there's just one person I wanted to send a big hi to. Uh, listener Sergio, uh, Sergio Campos. He um, sent me this email, which literally made me tear up a little bit. So I just wanted Uh-oh. to throw some love at Sergio. Sergio said he, uh, well, he wrote this very long email. The highlights are, so I've spent the last, or I, so I've spent all 13 days of this year listening to the gleeful podcast and music recommendations you guys have made. And I have one thing to say, uh, he goes on to say, you know, before that, a few things about the podcast, um, some issues like Josh, whatever happened to that letter you wrote predicting how season four was going to end. I have no idea. I have no idea where it came up. Like I, Put it somewhere. I don't know where I put it's it. Somewhere in this office. You'll sure. find it when you clean your. Exactly. Desk. I'll find it at some point. Uh, he also had uh, another point. He said on an, another issue with season four is that after marathoning the season four podcast, I have to say that Jen consistently liked the episodes to come out of season four, and then in finale, mm-hmm. she said she didn't really like the season. Yeah. And I thought you guys were going to quit podcasting, even though I had already downloaded all the podcasts after it. Uh, I was thinking the same thing, actually. I think there was something about the way that that season had ended that it just felt like it didn't reward us for sticking around as long as we did. I have to think about the specific uh, item or can't even talk right now. Specific issues (laughs) I had with the, the finale of season four. But, um, you know, I mean, I think throughout the in doing this podcast, we don't always want to come across like we hate it. Because obviously we do this on our own time. We did this, you know, money out of our own pockets, actually. There's to that. Be, to be honest. Certainly. The, you know, there is a financial commitment to this as well. And I think after season two... I think we, I started to kind of make certain concessions based on, you know, what I had seen before and what I knew the potential for the show was. And I think after trying to, you know, you know, make excuses and arguments for why it was good, (laughs) I think finally at the end, I I just, I think I broke a little bit. So Mm. um, I apologize if, yeah, that comes off as very inconsistent and it's just... It's it's hard to see it as you're going through it week by week, and you know having time to look back, um, kind of like reflecting on any relationship. <laughs> <laughs> you can either see the good or the bad, or 
you know, that can be your takeaway from Yeah, I think a lot of times what happens is even though you like all the episodes, you get to that last episode. And if the episode sucks, it doesn't remind you of all the good times. It reminds you of all the bad ones. Right. And you end up going, oh, this whole episode, this whole season was bad. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was just that this one episode didn't. Yeah. And I'm sure if I. Captivate. I'm sure if I watched it all together. Um, it, it, I probably would, it probably wouldn't sting as hard, but yeah, there yeah. you go. Uh, sorry about that. So Sergio goes on to say, um, I love you guys. I discovered your podcast my first year of high school. Uh, the same one where they shot, oh, uh, the same high school where they shot high school musical, <laughs> uh, 10th grade for me, the same one where they shot High School Musical, and high school for me was rough. I wasn't bullied or anything like that. I just had a really hard time connecting with people. And uh, even when they wanted to connect with me, there was always just a block in my head, and they kept me from doing that. And by the end of high school, well, nearly the end, uh, I was... uh, Anyway, um, I was... Sorry, Sergio, you're hard to read. Uh, (laughs) Um. I felt out of place by the end of high school. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that you guys were the only people I connected to in high school and sure the Glee kids, but I kind of started to he- hate them a bit in season three for the same reason, but I never hated you guys. Mm-hmm. So when I started listening to old podcasts this year, it took me back to high school and where I was and what I wanted out of life in a way you guys kind of helped me get back, get my life back on track. I registered for college today and it was actually my first day. And I just wanted to thank you for being the one consistent thing in my life these past years, uh, which is the sweetest thing yeah. you could have said. And Sergio, like you're in the hardest time of your life. Like there's, there's no way around it. People say it's the greatest time of their life, but they're pretty and they were in, they were cheerleaders and they're dumb. Uh, it's the hardest time, man. It's so rough and everything is all important when you're that age like you're at this period where it feels like every decision spells success or nothing will impact you for the rest of your life and this is a fact but at the same time like (laughs) you also have a lot of time to figure things out right it won't make or break you like any decision you make at this point or anything that happens at this point uh successes or failure aren't necessarily going to map out the rest of your life because not necessarily. I, I can I can agree with that, but it but if you can find success at that stage, it's just I just can imagine how awesome it would be later. Oh, <laughs> oh no <laughs> doubt. But oh, I didn't. Absolutely, I didn't either. But yeah, I, uh, yeah ditto. But I, and that's all I'm saying is that like there are people that figure it out at that age, but not everybody did. Yeah. Does I didn't figure it out at that age. I didn't figure it out for many many more years um, until. I met somebody who kind of helped me get all my crap together. But um but you it feels like y- y- all I'm saying is that like it's a really hard time and it sounds like it was hard for you and it was hard for the three of us too and we're so honored that you uh. that we you've let us share it with you uh at least from a one-sided way. And uh, so thank you for, you know, not giving up and pushing forward. And then he goes on to say, uh, he also goes on to say uh, that he doesn't want us to stop podcasting because he's kind of like, I don't know where I'd be without you guys. Uh, We don't know what we're going to do after Glee, but we definitely have at least one more season of Glee to be with you. 
So uh, he says, please don't leave me. I'm like, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> you got to talk to Glee about that. Well, uh, first of all, thank you for not leaving us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, right? That yeah, is, um, that's a much better point. Yeah, we've, we've had our, our share of growing pains and our frustrations. and um, But, you know, we, we do it for you, Sergio, and for everybody else who's listening right now. So thank you. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to throw a big love to Sergio from the three of us because, you know, the, if you guys didn't listen, we would have stopped this a long oh. time ago. Oh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, but yeah, that's about all I have over here. Jennifer, anything else you want to say on the podcast? No, I'm, I'm good. Um, yeah, I wish I wish we had more big news for the uh, for these off mid-season episodes, but... I got nothing else. Yeah. Ed, anything else going on over there you want to talk um, about? Uh, check out next week on Monday. Live should be uh, the Nimbus Magnifica episode featuring the one and only Jennifer for Whoa. now. Ooh, Jennifer! <laughs> I promise, Ed, I'll get my reading homework done. No. <laughs> it's okay. The worst. It's okay. I need to adopt Josh's strategy. and I, I, I just need to do it. That's the problem. What was it? What's his strategy? I need. I, he reads I'm an hour a day, but he reads 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at lunch, 15 minutes right after work, and 15 minutes before bed. That's that's logical. solid. Yeah, I you mean, get a lot done though. He gets through like a book a week. Maybe not that, but thank you. That's well. The funny. other you read that. Well, yeah, I, the well, other, that was a well, short. The other book. Was yeah. Dep- I'm not a fast reader, but I read a lot, so I'm able yes. to get through certain. But things. he makes time for it, and I don't. So I need to. I enjoy it. There you go. Yeah. There you go. The, the, the audiobook for Love Minus 80 was awesome. For the record. <laughs> Love Minus 80 was seriously an awesome. Like, when, I, when it was. Well, picked, if I, I knew was, there was an audiobook, I would have done that. Oh, <laughs> uh, you didn't? Well, it's called. Cool. I, I would have finished okay. it by now. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, I like, you do it during your drives, your walks, walking oh. the dog. I don't know. Walking Marcel. Marcel walks you. I don't oh my god! That would be so much fun. Hilarious. We used to have a harness for him, but uh, that didn't last. Holy crap! <laughs> that didn't last. <laughs> he did not <laughs> like that at all. <laughs> uh, well, that's about it for us for the Gleeful Podcast from Josh and Ed. I'm Josh. I'm Jen. I'm Ed. Peace out. Good night, everyone. Good night. In a town without a name, in a heavy downpour, thought he passed his own shadow by the backstage door.